Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. This week, we welcome back to the podcast Jack Howard and our subject of discussion, Captain Marvel. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Hi, welcome to this Coming on Film Podcast, where we're joined once again by Jack Howard. Hello Jack, there. Welcome. You're becoming a regular fixture. You should just move in. I like it. I like it. Be here. Like in um, like Malcolm and Wise, we should just like have a you know have a house that we. Oh, actually, that's, that's an awkward thought, isn't it? Let's, let's not how how do you imagine us? Like when, when you're listening to this, I tell you how I imagine it. I imagine that I'm the landlord who has rented out his right. flat to some noisy student, and every now and then they sit down and they have a cup of coffee. But generally, they they can run their own lives <laughs> independent. And you just trap me in, yeah, into a conversation about film, bikes, and skateboards, and right. annoying at three o'clock in the morning. And I, you know, your idea of youth is so skewed now. Yeah. It's so interesting. And what my idea of youth was skewed. I remember. I remember really. Clear Clearly, being in, uh, may have been Cannes, and I interviewed Larry Clark about his film Kids, which I hated. And, um, and I said to Larry Clark, you know, the thing is, Larry, you're like 78 years old, right? And, but, you know, you've made this film that's apparently in tune with the youth. You know, how, what, what right do you think you have? And he said, well, I know a lot about kids. And I said, how? He went, I used to go skateboarding with my son. And I thought, and that, in a nutshell, is everything that's wrong with kids. It's like if people think that Bart Simpson is the idea of what a teenager is like still. I know, I know. And Harmony Corinne, yeah, he's so streetwise. That's why he's called Harmony. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a film which I think we have a slight difference of opinion on, although I think we're both broadly positive, but in different ways. Captain yeah. Marvel. Um, I'm going to allow you to start because I think... I think you love it. Okay, so um, first of all, before we start, let's just get this out there. We're going to do full spoilers. Yes. Oh, so, I saw you on Twitter apologising yes, to somebody for... I, I, I do apologise for, for, for anybody who I've spoiled things for, because I think we should preempt that every single yes. time we do full spoilers on this podcast. We do, absolutely. So if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, there are other reviews you can listen to, no. but please come back to this one once you've seen it, and we're going to go into full detail about it. So and While we're there... She's a guy, he's a ghost, it's a sledge. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you didn't give away the titles there, so <laughs> who knows? Um, right, okay, so Captain Marvel is Marvel's first female-led superhero film, and it follows Carol Danvers, who is trying to figure out who she is well, and where Vers, she comes from. Well, she's Vers, Vers at first, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we cleverly find out that that is... 
because the, the, the end yeah <laughs> which i thought was quite a nice touch actually yeah. um so yeah so he's trying to figure out who she is and where she comes from that's a sort of general gist of it yeah. set in the 90s uh starring brie larson jude law ben mendelstone i thought it was great uh generally i i watched it for the first time at the screening where there was um like they had air force pilots there they had police officers like all female from different um walks of that sort of industry that i know nothing about but it was cool to see they they were invited and then there was me at the back feeling like i shouldn't be there um so let me before you go any further let me ask you how much this is the bohemian rhapsody question yeah how much of your response to captain marvel was the fact that you saw it in a screening with you know arms right uh, i don't think so not at all it didn't feel like a similar thing i i was sort of ready to think it was pretty good i was ready to think it was all right uh so you wanted to like it yeah Yeah. i wanted to yeah totally yeah Yeah, but i was expecting to be like yeah that was pretty good but i actually came out thinking it was really really good okay so so really good as in what kind of level of really good so i think it like eight out of ten that's okay. sort of really good. So I tell think, me what's right with it. So I think that Brie Larson is really, really good in it. Yes. I think that it feels like a throwback 90s Terminator 2-esque action movie. Okay. The thing that I think is really great about it is that it appears like a really simple sort of standard Marvel movie. Okay. But I think that some of the decisions that they've made in production and in the scripting process are smarter than they seem. So I think that when you're introduced, for example, to Jude Law's character mm-hmm. at the start... Your movie language brain, because you know how films work, you go, he's a bad guy. Straight away, you watch it and you go, I think that Jude Law is going to turn out to be a bad guy because he's a father figure, he's the mentor, and history tells me that they turn out to be not very nice men. Um, So then you're introduced to the Skrulls, and you're like, okay, Jude Law's a Skrull. Like, he's definitely going to be a a secret Skrull. Yeah, secret Skrull. Is that your joke? Yeah. That's very good. I'm amazed that hasn't been made before. Well done, Jack. Well done. Again, patting me on the head. Go buy a sandwich. So, yeah, you're, you're like, I, I've called it. I know where this movie's going. He's going to be a scroll. And then the movie whips the rug from underneath you and goes, no, scrolls are not bad guys. You've yeah. been fighting on the wrong team. And you are right that Jude Law is a bad guy, but you're wrong about how it's going to turn out. So I think it's playing with audience expectations in a really clever way. Okay. It knows you know the language of something, and it whips the rug in a, in a way that you're not expecting. I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Scrolls? Shapeshifters. They can transform to any life form down to the DNA. Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? And in other ways, for example, the action scene that I think is the best one in the whole movie, because uh, it's actually in a real environment where they're on the train and Sam Jackson is following the train, which obviously reminded me of things like Terminator 2 and the French Connection. Mm-hmm. And actually the opening scene of Skyfall, um, where like, it's like a Russian doll sequence yeah, yeah. On, on, on unraveling. And I really liked that because I think that that type of filmmaking is again deceptively simple but actually rare these days to, to be able to keep that geography um and maybe make you be able to follow it all, all the different perspectives from different points of view and make you understand where everybody is and, rec- and uh yeah. you know in what's the word i'm looking for um in relation to each other in relation to each other and i just thought it was really well made like really really good my problem is that the third act of the film becomes a bit more typical Marvel, Mm. flashy special effects, where have all the real environments gone? And I don't think that when she becomes full Captain Marvel, I don't get that Superman theme, hair standing up moment, which I feel like I would have liked to. But 
and then you're left with that which is like oh that was the ending was pretty standard marvel whereas i think the first two acts especially are really different and really good like the eternal sunshine sequence which is really trippy and really well done um was unexpected and it feels like you're constantly learning things and it feels like it, it does it feels like a throwback to movies that i loved when i was a kid and it obviously is doing that on purpose but then the third act becomes a bit more standard marvel fanfare okay. but i think the most of it is really excellent and really clever well executed filmmaking okay and when we when we first mentioned this you said that Apparently, and you're more tuned into this than I am, mm. there has been a lot of online trolling yes. of uh, certain Marvel There fanboys. really has. And it's not even Marvel fanboys. It's just people who have an agenda when they're watching stuff. Okay. And it's very uncomfortable for me, but I think it's also something we should talk about, even though me and you do not feel no, this no, way sure, at all. Sure. It's being discussed. So for me, it's been very frustrating to see reviews, read reviews, watch videos of reviews where people spend a good amount of time talking about the star Brie Larson's personal views and her um, the things that she said and the actions that she's done to do with you know sexism and, and feminism all of which is perfectly perfectly fine and, perfectly and, fine and valid but they she spend, said she said there should be more female film critics yeah they should yeah exactly and people are spending too long talking about their thoughts and opinions on things that she said before oh. they're talking about a movie and I find that to be very frustrating okay. and strange. Okay. Well, I mean, I think generally, as a rule, all those people who hold those kind of opinions, most of whom, you know, in in my head anyway, are living in uh, in, a, in a, an unpaid for bedroom in their mother's house, uh, tapping away on their keyboards, not getting out, not getting any sunlight, probably, yep. um, you know, not getting any personal interaction. I think that what I really want to do is I want to give them a copy of Under the Silver Lake, uh, uh, Steelbook, <laughs> open a door to a basement, say, go down there. This film is for you there we are yeah. it's all about how you are really Andrew Garfield that's fine <laughs> shut the door and they and they're the sort them. of people who watch Family Days of Summer and go Summer's a bitch <laughs> exactly. and don't look into the nuances of it yeah. or watch um, uh, Ruby Sparks and go look at that it's typical you make a girl up she cheats on you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay so I think as a thing I you know I'm, I, I love the fact that Captain Marvel has been as successful as it is I love the fact that it's, you know, it's done the kind of box office that makes you want to go, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be Olivia Colman at the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's great. And the, the fact of the matter is that we are, the world is changing slowly and it's great that we are getting those kind of role models and those kind of movies. That's brilliant. My problem with it is this. Because of who it's directed by, because it's, um, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, who had done before Half Nelson and Mississippi Grind. I think that what I wanted was more of their indie edge. Now, it, we should say right at the very beginning, this is a 56-year-old white man complaining that what Finally. Captain... Finally. <laughs> well, yeah, complaining that what Captain Marvel didn't give me was an indie edge, and that's absolutely fine. And mm-hmm. I will refer everyone once again to the conversation I had with Sherry Lansing, in which I explained to Sherry Lansing, who made Titanic, what was wrong with Titanic. And she said, <laughs> yeah, and the problem with you is you're not a 14-year-old girl. Okay, so I understand that. However... I think I would have liked it to have been a better film as opposed to a, 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 something that, that in principle was easier to embrace. So I think I, I watched Mississippi Grind again because I went back to my review of it and I remembered how much I loved it. And one of the things that I talked about in the review of Mississippi Grind was how 
the the environment was really tactile. I mean, you could feel those, you know, boarded up, run down neighbourhoods. You could feel the bar that Ben Mendelssohn was leaning on. And so, I mean, obviously Mendelssohn, you know, is in this film and had worked with him before. You can, you can smell that slightly decayed atmosphere through which these two chances are kind of drifting. We can't lose. We can't lose. We can't lose. We can't, we can't lose. lose. <laughs> we made it. Hey, we made it. I'm not afraid. We're gonna bet it all. And, and also in the case of Half Nelson, Half Nelson is a, is a film which takes some really quite audacious um, narrative moves. I mean, it's presenting you, you know, people always complain about when characters need to be sympathetic or unsympathetic. I mean, Half Nelson is a movie that really cleverly plays with your sympathies, but actually, interestingly enough, leads into the point you made about Jude Law. And I think that there have been. And also, actually, with Ben Mendelsohn's character. With Ben Mendelsohn's yeah, absolutely. In absolutely, Captain yeah. Marvel, yeah. Because yeah, we are doing spoilers. Um, I think that if you look at the superhero movies made by, for example, Taika Waititi is kind of the top of the tree here. You look at a Taika Waititi and you go, okay, I can see that that is Taika Waititi. Everything about it is quirky and strange and odd, despite the fact that it's actually in this great big multi-million dollar universe. But can I say that I actually find Thor Ragnarok particularly frustrating. Oh, do you? Because Yeah, because I think that... <clears throat> I think it's lovely that you can watch that and go, this is undoubtedly a Taika Waititi film. Which it is, right? It absolutely There's no is. question that you that's what it is. You can see him. Like, yeah. you can see the DNA of it. Yeah. But for me, I found the filmmaking particularly frustrating. Okay. Because it's in a Marvel movie, because it actually reminded me of the Star Wars prequels in the filmmaking only, yeah. in terms of the technical aspects, that a lot of the scenes were static camera, very easily covered. Oh, so you think it wasn't a good superhero movie, but it was a Taika Waititi I, movie? I, I think it feels like a Taika Waititi movie that he... I can tell the difference between the, the, the sequences he shot and then the visual effects sequences where the camera moves like okay. another Marvel movie. But when he shoots a scene, he shoots it very standard, very okay. just like normal coverage. And I think that in Captain Marvel, same sort of indie directors becoming superhero movie directors, but they know how to move the camera. They know how to tell a story okay. in that, at that sort of level. Whereas I think that Taika Waititi doesn't. Okay, well, I mean, I'm also aware of the fact that if that if if one demands a an indie spirited superhero movie, you end up with Fant Stick, which nobody wants because mm-hmm. you know because it, that what okay, it's like oh fine, it's that and it's terrible. Um, but for example, in uh, Captain Marvel, how did you feel about the um, the Annette Benning character? Because I thought the scenes with Annette Benning were actually sub Star Trek. In the you know fam- in that room, yeah, the f- famous person wearing the costume. I could almost see the costume designers actually designing the costume, and it, I mean, it it took me out of the moment because what you wanted with those scenes was, you know, it's kind of the genetic heart of the film. You yeah. know, that's kind of where but instead it, where you're going. Oh, there's Annette Bening. Your commander insists that you're fit to serve. I am. You struggle with your emotions with your past, which feels them. You are just one victim of the scroll expansion that has threatened our civilization for centuries. Imposters who silently infiltrate, then take over our planets. I agree. I, I do think that I found that the most jar. I liked her when she was in the real environments, Yeah. but I especially found the last sequence with her 
when Nirvana is playing to be that's where the film starts to teeter into oh we're doing standard Marvel yeah, it's stuff hokey. it is a little bit yeah and I, I feel like I want to as soon as we know that Jude Law is the villain I don't want to see Annette Benning <laughs> saying the things that Jude Law should be saying yes. do you know what I mean it feels a little bit like yeah. they had to see that through yeah um, but and that's to me where the film starts to become a little okay. bit like creaky 
all this time you had a gun in your pocket? Yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> but know. I think there are other things like that in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well that, you know, if they're going to start introducing characters and they can't just have them uh, keep going in chronological order, I suppose. The idea that, like, how Fury got his eye taken out as well. I love that they play with that in the film as well, yeah, by the way. I, I like that, like, at first you think he lost yeah. it in that action sequence and then it's the cat. Yeah. But, you know, in an earlier film, in The Avengers, he says... The, the last time he trusted somebody, he lost an eye, which obviously could just be a lie. But he also says in The Avengers, we are hopelessly outgunned. This is nothing we were ever prepared for, which is obviously not true because he knew that aliens were real in the 90s. So it's, <laughs> it's like they're rewriting their own history. But I also think that these films are designed to be seen in the chronological order, in the, in the order that they are released rather yes. than the order that they are like... Yes, but it's not. Ju- it's not They're supposed to happen. I mean, yes, but it's not just chronology that's the issue. I mean, that's for example the issue. The, the problem with all the Alien prequels is they've got that technology. Then how come Ripley didn't have it on the Nostromo? Yeah. When there's that whole section which is I can't find the Alien, but I've got a thing that looks like a very early Space Invaders machine. Why didn't you have the fly ball thing that they throw into the pyramid that maps the whole pyramid for them? However, the the bigger problem is superheroes are defined by their weaknesses. The thing that makes superheroes interesting is the thing they can't do. So Superman is defined by kryptonite. Batman, I mean, arguable whether or not Batman is a superhero, but he is defined by the fact that he has this darkness that he's wrestling with all the time. And actually, he's probably as dark as the characters he's fighting against. Spider-Man is outlawed and is considered to be, you know, on the edges of society. And he, you know, his superpowers are as much of a problem as they are a benefit. All the most interesting superhero stories are when the, the when you see the, the the limit of what the superhero can do. Can I offer a counterpoint to that? Go ahead. I don't think that's true. Okay. I think that the superheroes are defined by the choices that they make, not the weaknesses. So Spider-Man is a normal kid who can choose to just have a normal life if he wants to and do well in school and have a girlfriend and that's the thing he clearly desires but he has a great power great responsibility so chooses to be spider-man because he's choosing to be a hero superman yeah he's defined by the fact that his weakness is, is kryptonite but he is choosing to make the right to do the right thing the same as captain america actually captain america and, and superman their morals are very, very similar that they choose to do the right thing. Batman, he's... Well, he has, as in that they choose to be, to turn their back on personal lives. Because, I mean, there's yeah. umpteen sections in, you know, in Superman, when, he, when, when he's Superman, when, he, when, he, when he, he puts his superpowers away in order to fall in love, whether it's Laurie Morris or whatever the, it is. The, 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 mankind as a whole means more than his own personal life. Yes. And Batman is defined by the fact that he does not kill people. He could make this a whole lot simpler if he was just going around killing villains and yes he wrestles with that dark side where he clearly feels it but he chooses that's his one rule not to do that and i think that captain marvel from the very very beginning if you were going to put her story in chronological order she chooses to go on this flight uh simulation even though she knows it's dangerous and then when she sees that marvell is somebody else who she trusted completely who wants to stop a war and that's constantly all that she wants to do and she sees that somebody's threatening the idea of amplifying this war she chooses to destroy it and creates her you know creates her superpowers accidentally but what she thinks is going to happen is it's going to kill her but she's going to stop this evil person from um continuing this war she's already a hero yes and you're finding out that the choices that she makes 
along the way or that she always gets back up and that she always uh, will continue to try and do the right thing regardless of how it affects her and I think that that's what makes her interesting okay, but as of the end of the film she can fly and breathe in space and turn uh, and this is what I mean is that I think the third act of the movie is the least interesting part because it goes into standard Marvel stuff and I'm not feeling that heroic oh she can finally do all this like she's she, she's taking the thing off her neck which reminded me of scott pilgrim and I, that was my least favorite part of scott pilgrim as well like you're being controlled by this thing it just feels a little bit a bit hokey um but i want that to me it i don't know like, my every, favorite part of scott pilgrim was you were a vegan and now, now you will be gone which i still think <laughs> um but like uh my favorite but like I, everybody has a different thing to point back to but when i was a kid when i saw hook for the first time yeah the moment oh, where that's, he, a, that's i never expected you to go there. right but okay, like you've, you've literally here, here we okay. go like, you, you, you've militarized this here we go because i know that hook is very divisive but when this i was very shit yeah, is what it is i know like objectively it's properly crap <laughs> mm-hmm. but when i was a kid i loved peter pan and it's a very well made performed movie because it's spielberg it's just a bit rubbish it's yeah. but the moment where he learns to be peter pan again and he like flies into the sky and everyone's looking at him and the John, John Williams' you know, score is like soaring. I get goosebumps and the hair stand up and I want that moment for Captain Marvel and for me it just doesn't happen. Yeah, okay. And that's my problem is that they don't celebrate how heroic it is at the end. It just shows you some flashy images that I feel like there's no heart behind. Okay. And I think that's what you're complaining about. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, exactly. All right, so look, to bring, to bring this sort of to a conclusion, but to, to the, firstly, on the subject of Hook, I interviewed Spielberg once and he said... I, I he said, hates it, doesn't he? What he said was, which I thought was lovely, I said, you know, if, if you had to watch one of your films again, what would it be? He said, you know, I, I, I'd like to watch Hook again because I'd like to see if there is anything in it that I like. Which I thought was that was a very interesting... I think there's film. a lot to like it, in, in Hook somewhere, but my, as a whole, it's weird. Skateboarding kids. Skateboarding kids. Skateboarding kids. That yeah, was the But it was 1991. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so, sorry. It's like I, I almost have a rule now, which is you put a skateboard in a movie and you can get yeah, out of it. It was, it was when The like, Amazing Spider Man did Peter oh, Parker with a skateboard. I was like, what year oh, do you think this, it is? The, this shorthand involved in filmmaking. We should do a thing on skateboarding in movies and every <laughs> and time you should smack there. the filmmaker and yeah, go, stop yeah. it. Okay. So, but I think, I think I, I agree with a lot of what you've said, and I, that that does that does answer some of my reservations. I think, however, that your feeling about the end and my feeling about the end, actually, we are in agreement on, is that I don't know where you go from there, and I think that that's worrying in mm. terms of, you know, you've now got the nuclear option. Yeah, you've now got the. You know, the, the, the same, so, so Avengers Endgame will consist of, hello, yeah. uh, I've got a problem, everyone's died. All right, no, you can just turn that back, fine. Bye. Y- yeah, yeah. so I, I hope that Avengers Endgame presents us with something different to do with they'll her. Have to do, they'll have, what they'll have to do is they'll have to pull out a reason for her not to do it. Yes. Because she can do it. So they'll have they need to, to give her a moral challenge. Or yeah, exactly. Because she can literally do anything she can literally do anything so they need to give her something that's a choice for her yeah. whether it's right or wrong yeah. because um, her superpower is that she's god yeah <laughs> but Although, the thing is she she her superpower is Larson as god is quite a nice move you yeah know? i, I mean, quite like it yeah it's fine you um know? so it's but been I think, morgan freeman up until now so that's fine <laughs> you know? but i think a lot of your complaints are fair 
but are more aimed at the cinematic universe as a whole rather than this individual movie. Okay, which surprises me because I don't think of myself as a cinematic universe kind of but person. But you clearly know the rules and you clearly go, well, you've got this now. Why didn't you call her earlier? I've been earlier? out with you too much. That's the best time. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thank you very much. I'm going to go and see it again. I'm going I to go saw it again last again. night, and I, I liked it. I, I, I was liked able to, it less. I liked the third act less, yeah, but okay. I like. I, I was really reinforced that I was properly engaged okay. for the first two okay. acts. And I think we should end by saying, we both like it. Yeah. We both think it's you know fundamentally good, and we're both glad that it's done as well as it has. And to all those nerdy, scrotal little fanboys, <laughs> get a life, you sad, sad sacks of, you know, septic humanity. What he said. <laughs> thanks for downloading this Kermit on Film podcast Jack will be back in a couple of weeks time and if you've enjoyed the podcast please do subscribe thank you and keep watching the skies A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.